0: up the way that I did, wanting to be perfect. My sister and I were overweight. We would be called Bertha Butts. I had those teachers tell me that I wasn't good enough. My medical records is the way that they described me. Depressed, fearful, frightened, angry, helpless, hopeless, depressed, worthless, detached. And now I'm speaking to like 800 of you. And I'm not patting myself on the back, I'm really not our experiences both good and bad make us who we are and a big one for me is my battle with mental illness and my stay in the mental hospital. It is my story. I am not embarrassed and it's the story that brings me to send you a long distance hug every week. So welcome friend to consider yourself hugged episode 62. Today's hug session three stress club study for women my soul sister. I am Dr. Tammy West here every week to bring you tips on living a life that brings you mental and emotional well-being. So today is probably my favorite chapter out of my whole book, maybe my favorite topic um, for women, and that is to talk about our language. So let's recap though what we've done so far. To date, we have talked about frogs and pots, how we're, how we're just like conditioned that stress is a part of life and that's just the way it is. And then in chapter two, um, I told you a little bit about my story. This was all in the first session. Um, and the, and, and I, and I encourage you to process your stories and I gave you the formula for happiness and the influence of how that, how that, um, impacts our life and how we react to events. Then in the second session, which was chapter three, I give you an overview of how I studied stress and how it's different from other people who study stress. So now we are on to chapter four, which I titled My Soul Sister, which will make sense in just a little bit. Um, I want to start by reading an excerpt. If you have the book, it's on page 43, and and I'll try to remember to say this again at the end. I'm not really selling things during this whole COVID crisis. I'm just trying to be present, provide content, just stay in touch with people. So if you want the PDF, just reach out to me on social media, email, text, whatever, and I'll send you a PDF copy. So on page 43, this excerpt is from Fake Name Woman Mache, and she says, God placed good friends in my life and that counterbalance just being able to let it out and talk about what's going on with somebody and a girl tends to care more about her girlfriend you know like guys just don't have the sensitivity of wanting to know exactly what happened and just being detail oriented. We could tell each other details what's going on what happened and try to build each other up through it. Now I know you might be thinking um That's not always the way women's language goes, and you're absolutely right, but in its best form, that is the way women's language goes. So I'll say one time now, hopefully you'll remember this the whole time, is that the things I talk about aren't necessarily the norms, like it doesn't mean you're abnormal if you don't use language in the way we're going to talk about today, but it does tend to be a pattern, which means we see it a lot. And I'm I'm guessing you've, it's never like been at the front of your radar to study women's language or the history. So I'm going to help you with that just a bit, nothing boring, but I just want to give credit to a few women who paved the way and talk about our language and maybe a little bit about how it was researched before women researched it. And then talk about three different views of language. And that is language as a deficiency, language as just a difference, and then language as rapport. So let's start with language as deficiency. I'm hoping that when you hear language, like women's, where i all talking about the women's language, if you hear the statement or the phrase women's language as deficient, that it might ruffle your feathers a little bit. I mean, come on, how dare somebody say my language is deficient? But prior to the 1970s, which isn't really that long ago, and prior to the women who studied language, We were studied by researchers like Freud. Now, I'm not saying Freud is the one who came up with this model, but I'm just saying that the field of language and psychology and all of that was male-dominated. And so it was mainly male-researched, and women's language, just as in our biology, which we'll talk about, we were seen as less than or weaker, So this deficiency model focused on two aspects of our language that still carries over today. And those two aspects are the words that we use and how we use them. So first, let's talk about the words we use. Women will often use words that are very relational. For example, precious, adorable, sweet. Um, We also might use words that are very colorful and descriptive, um, like fuchsia instead of just purple or red or whatever that color is, or princess neckline designer. So you get it. And again, you may not be a woman who speaks this way, but let's think about it. If men speak this way, they might be labeled as effeminate and they might be labeled as weak because men are expected even today. Now what I'm talking about right now, this research was prior to like 1970s, but it, but it still carries over, but men are expected to use Powerful words, even curse words, you know, like, damn, my client canceled. Excuse the language, but men are, are tend, we know this, are, are looked at as, as using powerful language. And so, cuss word again, sorry, but this tends to put women in a damned if you do and damned if you don't situation because if a girl grows up, learning this proper female language, the relational words and the colorful words, then you would think, okay, well, she'll be honored for that. But no, if a woman uses this weaker language, then she might be labeled as weak or be seen as a doormat. But if she uses stronger language, what we see is dominant language, what we see is powerful language, including possibly curse words. Sometimes women are labeled as the B word, right? And Ladies, this can be this can be so painful because you might have to choose between being less than a feminine woman or being less than a person if you become that doormat or that b word. So, words can be very difficult even today as women. So that's that's one aspect of this deficient model is the words. Um, the second part is how we use the words, including our voices. And there are two things I want to talk about here and that is tagging and intonation. I'm skipping over to page 46. One of the things about reading the book is you weren't there with the women but I was. So as they as I read this, I'm going to try to do the tagging and the, the voice and the intonation in the same way that she did it. And this was fake name Roxy. So on page 46. And she says, and we were talking about stress in society. She says, I think society is just a train wreck in itself. You know, morals and values values are out the window and people have unrealistic expectations in a way. I think, I mean, that's my personal opinion, but I think dot, dot, dot. Now let's talk about tagging and intonation. Tagging is adding on a few extra words to a statement, possibly because you're not feeling very confident, so when she says, I think, I mean, that's my personal opinion. So she just said that society was a train wreck. Morals and values are out the window. But then she tagged it with, I think, and that's just my personal opinion. That's tagging. Intonation, it for our purposes, it can mean many things. But for our purposes, it's the rising of your voice at the end to sound like a question. And again, it could be due to lack of confidence. So she says, um... People have unrealistic expectations. So see, she turns that statement into a question in a way, I think. So the rising of the voice at the end. These things can be seen as not confident. Well, what does that have to do with stress? You've heard me say before that the word stress can mean so many things. And oftentimes our language is still seen as deficient and weak. We are still judged Um, And that can cause what we call, my fingers are doing air quotes, stress at home and at work because we might not speak up or we might be seen as speaking up too much. And this can cause us to hold back. And that's a problem, you know, not get the help we need. But I do want to, I do want to throw something out there about tags and intonations and words, this whole deficient model It can be seen as a weakness. It can be seen as not being confident. And that might be, that definitely might be. However, it might be just to keep the conversation going. So tagging an intonation or the words or whatever, maybe, maybe me going up in the end of my words or saying, that's my opinion is an invitation for you to continue the conversation, but we have to be careful. So that's language as deficiency. Now let's look quickly. This is very quick. There's not a lot to say about it. Um, The model that language is just different. There's a woman named Deborah Tannen, and I'll put a link to her in the show notes. She describes this approach. She talks about men and women are simply subcultures. And because we're subcultures, we have different languages, and those languages can be different. One of the differences I feel sure you've heard before, and that is in the goal of language, where men have the goal of rapport and women have the goal of rapport. How many times have you gone back and forth in a conversation for rapport, but you want your husband or someone at work to tell you about the day? And it was simply, I did this, this, and this. So let's, I'm, I'm on page 49 now. I wanna tell you a story that Deborah Tannen. Actually, I think in the show notes, I'll give you a link to, it's an audio book called The Modern Scholar, He Said, She Said. And she tells this beautiful story, two stories actually, about boys and girls. So I'm on page 49 in my book, The Stress Club. She says, three young boys were playing baseball. One boy says, my dad can hit a ball all the way to the end of the park. And a second boy said, well, my dad can hit the ball up into the trees. But the third boy wins when he says, oh, yeah, well, my dad can hit that ball all the way to the sky. So one of the, the ways that we see sometimes male language is it's more about a win. It's more about a competition. Then she goes on to talk about two young girls. Two young girls were talking, and one says, my mom wears contacts. And the second thought for a moment and said, my babysitter, Amber, wears contact contacts. And the first excitedly replies, the same So here's the deal about what we see as a pattern in male and female language. For male, we said it's about the win. But no, you couldn't see it. Actually, I said notice, but you didn't see it. She goes on to talk more in her story about the boys are having a great time. They're laughing and running around and playing. So it's not like they're competing to be angry with one another. It's just one of them wants to win. For the girls, let me mention something that comes up often on Facebook in my stress club group, and that is the concept of one-upping. So you might look at the girl conversation and the one says, my babysitter wears contacts and the other's like, well, my, or my mom wears contacts or vice versa. But it's not, as far as a pattern, a one-upping as much as it is a connection. I want to connect with you. I want to be like you, especially when you hear the other one say, the same. So there's differences. You know, it always concerns me that we try to negate differences between men and women. And I'll talk more about that when we talk about um, women in biology. But I understand why. But I also like to talk about the differences and how beautiful they are. So that is language as just being different. Now let's go into the third thing. And that is language as rapport. Um, I've mentioned before that in the last session, I think about discursive psychology that when we talk, we do something with our language. Language is action, and one thing that we do is we do gender. We do friendship. Does that make sense? We we create our friendship. We create our identity as women. So flip over, if you're with me, on page 52. and See, these are some of the women I love, like Deborah Tannen. And, and the thing is, is that they research, but their books and their information is so um, easy to read. So this is another woman her, that I'm going to quote. Her name is Jennifer Coates. I'll put a link to her book. She has a book called Women Talk. And in my book, on page 52... I'm not going to read an excerpt. I'm just going to read the paragraph that I write about Jennifer. She analyzed 19 hours of conversations between women. And she concluded that, among other things, women's talk creates and sustains friendships and personal identities. So we actively create ourselves during each conversation. Coates found that women were surprised when she questioned what they do with their friends. They replied, They don't do anything. They just talk. Bottom line is, our language tends to be relational. Um, I'm reading a lot in this, but I'm going to be over on page 53. Just sometimes when I write something in the book and I think, well, there's no better way for me to say it, then I'll just read it to you. So I just wanted to say another word about conversations. It is during conversation that we are able to evaluate our lives. Women's talk, an essential ingredient of friendship, accomplishes more than meets the eye it includes conversations of the b- belonging and similarity that allows us to behave in traditional feminine ways such as caring and vulnerability while at the same time allowing us to be different ah I just love that I know that it's not always that way with our women's conversations but that's the way it could be you know as we work harder towards getting there So I want to end, this is a a rather short session. The title of this particular chapter is Soul Sisters. So I'm going to back up. There were two women, fake names, um, Jacqueline and Grace. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but Jacqueline and Grace were talking about tasks. They were talking, actually, I might read the whole thing. They were comparing their tasks and they go back and forth and back and forth And let me just show you where they get. So they're talking about the weekend and cleaning the house and and you go through the week and then you do it again. And I'll start with this. You need one more day. Grace. Yeah, because Friday I let myself off the hook. I don't do anything. Jacqueline. You just need one more day. That's how I always feel too. Grace. Grace. Friday nights, kind of relax, and then I end up falling asleep. I always try to get a a latte on my way home thinking that'll keep me up a little. Mmm. Grace, so I can watch a movie or something. No, it doesn't work, so I go to bed. Grace, right. Jacqueline, Friday and Saturday mornings. Grace, and Saturday morning, that's when I try to get everything cleaned and all that kind of stuff, and then by Saturday afternoon, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm going to rest for a little while, Sunday's church, and then do it again. Grace, Sunday afternoon, I try to wrap up the laundry, and it never gets totally done, you know? Jacqueline, mm mm-hmm. Or just clean, folded, but not put away. Grace, not put away. Jacqueline, yeah. Grace, on the table, and I have two more loads, and I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I can't get this done. Jacqueline, yep. Grace, so it's never all the way down. Jacqueline, mm mm-hmm. Grace, and so I feel like, Jacqueline, if you just had one more day. Grace, but I'm rolling back into the week. So then it's just like constant Jacqueline, yep. And then Jacqueline, she's my soul sister, laughs. Sorry, I know that was kind of long. But I thought there were so many interesting things about it. All the mm-hmms and the yeps. And what you couldn't see was them leaning into each other and smiling. And and I did quote in there a few times, there was laughter. They were bonding. They were soul sisters They were talking about the details of the laundry and the stacks and what happens on Saturday and what happens on Sunday. That exchange demonstrates so many components of female language, and that language tends to be relational for women. (sighs) So it was kind of short. Just to recap. One of the models of language that is old but still carries over is our language as deficient, that our language is weak. It's not up to par with men. It's not powerful. And sometimes that can cause us this conflict between being feminine or being powerful. And that's a bad place to feel. And that can cause what we call stress. Then there was a model of language as different, which came along with Deborah Tannen that were subcultures, there are going to be differences in our language. And then the model that I like to talk about mo- most, and I quoted from Jennifer Coates in her book, Women Talk, is language as rapport. We bond over it. We connect. We tend to have details and and share things with one another and hopefully lift one another up. And sadly, I always feel this way. That is our time for today. I'm continuing to pray for our country, our leaders, my role in this, your role in this, the people affected. And I hope that you have joined me in doing that and, in hopefully staying mentally and emotionally healthy. As always, please pass the show link along to a friend or two and subscribe, download, rate, review, wherever you listen, head over to TammyWest.com to get information. If you would like for me to speak at your next event, That would be lovely if it was in 2020. And also I'll put the the links and all the information there that I promised you. I'd love for you to follow me on Facebook and all the social media. The links are below at the end of the show notes. If you are a woman and you are not in my private Facebook group, The Stress Club, please do that now. The links are in the show notes. And I'll mention again, if you want a copy of The Stress Club by PDF. Send me a message, text me, email me, social media, whatever it is, and I will be happy to send you a PDF. Thank you so much for listening and growing our special community. I pray each day that you remember to love, to serve, to feel worthy, to grow, to connect, to change, and to be the best person you can be for yourself and for the other humans in your world. And until next time, consider yourself hugged.